You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Today we're going to talk about the generosity of God. Okay, the generosity of God. How many of you here you want to experience the generosity of God? How many of you are, you can say, God is generous to you? God is generous. Someone said that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. In the university belt where I serve as a youth pastor for 10 years, there are street kids who will follow you and touch you. Until you're forced to give them something. So honestly, sometimes I would give to these kids, not because I'm a loving person, but simply because I want them to stop holding my hands. So, yun lang po yun. But you know, God is not like that. God is love, and because God is love, God gives. Because that's His nature. You know, in the Bible, uh, the Bible says in John 3.16, one of the famous Bible verses, he said, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. For God so loved you and me that He gave His one and only Son. So God is a giver. Can you please turn to the person seated next to you? Tell that person, God is a giver. God is a giver. He's not pursuing you because He needs something from you. He's pursuing you because He wants to give something to you. And every time God will ask something from you and me, every time God will give us uh, uh, an instruction, it's not because God wants something from us. No, but because God wants something for us. Because God is a giver. That's His nature. And so some people are afraid to walk with God and get serious with God because they think that if they get serious with God, then maybe God will take a lot of things away from their life and their life will become miserable. But the Bible says that He came that you may have life and have it to the full. God is a giver. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, this is not yet our main text. I'm just trying to uh, just set the, the context for what we want to talk about tonight. Matthew 5, verse 45, it says, For He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And sometimes, you know, some Christians would wonder, why, how come that, uh, some people I know, they are not Christians, they are not from church, they don't pray regularly. But they are prospering. They are excelling in their career. They are brilliant people. Now, the, the reason is because there's such thing as common grace. Blessing that God gives to everyone, whether you're a Christian or not. That's the reason why you're alive today. That's the reason why you have good health. That's the reason why you have good ideas. Everything we have, it's a gift from God. God is a giver. The air we breathe, the strength of our body, the work that we have, the resources that we enjoy, God is a giver. Common grace. And it doesn't depend on whether you are good or not, whether you're a Christian or not. It depends on the goodness of God. We are experiencing good things. You know why? Because we are serving a good God. Okay? We are serving a good God. Now, but it seemed like, you know, sometimes that 
God's generosity is not evident in our lives. Now, we know God is generous, but uh, I'm not sure with you, but at least in my own journey with God, there were times or specific moments in my life wherein I was wondering, Lord, why is it that I don't see or experience your generosity in my life? One of the reasons is wrong mindsets. Wrong mindsets. There are wrong uh, mindsets that prevents us from experiencing or seeing the generosity of God. One of the wrong mindsets that prevents us is what we call religious mindset. Uh, This thinking that the less material possessions or money you have, the holier you are. That's why some people are embracing the vow of poverty. Because they think if you're poor, you're close to God. But if you read the Bible, you will never find something in the Bible that that would show you Jesus demanding His followers to embrace vow of poverty so they can follow Him. Uh, Another religious mindset is that God will do it for the pastor. I'm not sure if God will do it for me. God will do it for uh, the Christians I know who've been in church for 10 years. I'm not sure for somebody like me who's been in church just for a month. Because we have this works mentality that we base God's goodness on our performance. If I'm a good person to this week, I can expect the blessing of God. But if I'm not good this week, I failed, had shortcomings, I did not read my Bible this morning, I'm not sure if I can experience the generosity of God. Religious mindset. Are you following? Uh, another wrong mindset is poverty mindset. Okay, some people, because of their uh, uh, growing up years in a family who experienced scarcity, talagang may taghirap, no? They grew up in that environment. So they grew up with this uh, scarcity mindset resulting to uh, small thinking, sometimes hoarding. The fear of not having enough. And so we are prevented from moving in faith and trusting God because we have this poverty mindset. It's preventing us from welcoming the things that God wants to do in our life. We cannot have the ability to believe for big things. Pwede na to, okay na to, hindi para sa akin yan. You know why? Because our mind, the, the mind was conditioned. Poverty mindset. Another wrong mindset is this distorted mindset. This wrong picture or this wrong idea of, about God's generosity, which is often limited to financial and material aspect of His provision. So every time we talk about the generosity of God, some people are just thinking about money. But God's generosity is not confined with material and financial possessions. No wonder we missed out on the other expressions and demonstration of God's generosity. That's why the psalm we're going to read tonight uh, from Psalm 65, another song that was written by David, that's why this psalm is so important because it liberates us from these wrong mindsets. It opens our eyes and it introduces to us God as a generous God. And so we're going to read the whole chapter from verse 1 to verse 300 tonight. (laughs) Now, verse 1 to uh, 10, I guess. And we're going to look at the different expressions 
and demonstration of the generosity of God. Okay, so if you have your Bible with you, we're going to read from Psalm chapter 65. And as you're turning your Bible, I want to pray a short prayer. Lord, thank you for this evening. Lord, we thank you that your word set us free. Lord, I pray that tonight you will break wrong mindsets that prevents us from experiencing your generosity. Lord, I pray that as we look into your word, I pray that your word will draw us closer to you. I pray it will take us deeper from just merely knowing things about you to having a personal relationship with you. I pray these are not just going to be informations to us, but it's going to become our reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this uh, Psalm 65 is a thanksgiving psalm written by David. And uh, according to one commentary, this is in response to uh, that fruitful harvest they experienced that year. Now, I'm not sure how many of you here, every time you hear good news or something good happens to you, you, you sing or dance. May ganun ba dito? Yung pag may nabalitaan ka, Uy, may bonus tayo! May 18th month! Uh, how many of you want to experience that this year? Okay. Oh Lord, may konti lang nagtaas, Lord. Okay, biglang madamami. <laughs> yung pag may narinig kang good news, napapa, wow, 18th month! Napapasayaw ka, napapakanta ka, okay? So, I, I'm not sure, maybe that's David. So, after that good year, that abundant year, David wrote this psalm, this song, Napakanta si David, sabi, man, thank you, Lord. And, and we're going to look at what David wrote. Uh, okay, starting in verse 1. And as we go through this chapter, I'm going to highlight these uh, three demonstrations of the generosity of God, which I want to start with the grace of God. I want to start with the grace of God. Psalm 65, verse uh, 1, it says, Praise is due to you, O God in Zion. And to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities or sin prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Iniquities and transgression. Iniquities are this sinful nature that we have. This uh, proclivity to sin. Transgression is our willful rebellion against God. And, And David said this sinful nature, this inherent nature, and my rebellion against you when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm at my worst, that's when you rescued me. It's amazing that when David talked about the generosity of God, David did not start with money or material possessions. He started with the grace of God. Why? Because God's grace is the greatest demonstration of His generosity to us. And he talked about uh, God as our Savior. This week, I was reading this article, and I'm just going to give you two examples. I was reading this article of, of small typo errors that cause huge financial losses to some of these big companies around the world. 
Some of them, it's just so simple, yet it caused so much uh, damage and headache to these companies. First one, the Mizoho Company in Japan. In 2005, uh, this is a division of the second largest bank in Japan. In 2005, while trying to sell shares on the Japanese stock exchange, the bank accidentally listed 610,000 shares as costing 1 yen. So if you have 1 yen, you can have 610,000 shares. That was erroneous because it's supposed to be 610,000 yen for one share. In less than a day, the company lost a quarter of a billion dollars. A small typo error caused huge financial losses. Next one, in Alitalia Airlines accidentally listed in 2006 business class flights from Toronto to Cyprus at $39 instead of 3,900 US dollars. So a lot of people bought the ticket, 2,000 uh, customers in just few m- minutes. That error cost the company around 7.2 million US dollars. And I, there's so many more. The most expensive uh, comma, I guess. <laughs> Even as small as that, it costs. Now, when it comes to sin, I mentioned all of that because when it comes to sin, some people are trivializing the effect and the seriousness of sin. Some people don't even believe in sin anymore. They say it's no big deal. Just do what you feel is right for you. As long as you're not hurting anyone and you're happy, Go and enjoy. It's your life. And nobody's giving a really serious, uh, really reflection about sin. It's, it's being trivialized nowadays. As long as you're not hurting anyone. First of all, every time we sin, we are hurting God. So it's not right to say we're not hurting anyone. Because every time we sin, we're breaking the heart of God. And for us, we all know, uh, how many of you here na-offend na ho kayo? Na-hurt na kayo? Because somebody made a comment about your hair. Nagpagupit ka, tapos sabi sa'yo, buhay pa ba? You would be surprised because even with married people, it's not just the women who are emotional. Sometimes men can be emotional and sensitive. And all the wives can say, Amen. Because we, we are hurt. Na-offend tayo. Tapos pag na-offend tayo, hindi pwedeng sorry-sorry lang. We want justice. If that is true with us, how much more if we offended the Holy God? Man, there's this cosmic difference. And here's what the Bible says. When we sin against God, we're not only breaking God's law, we're breaking His heart. And this is not a small matter. Sin is a serious matter. In fact, it's so serious that somebody had to die in order for our sins to be dealt with. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin, the retribution for our sin, your sin of lying, your sin of lust, my sin of pride, our sin of selfishness, this, all these sins that 
com- was compiled and, and that we've accumulated over the years. The way, the payment for that is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you are glad God is a solution for our greatest problem? For the wages of sin is death. It's so serious that Jesus had to go to the cross. Because if not for Jesus dying on the cross, we are going to pay for our sins. And the Bible says, after this life is over, how many of you know some, someday all of us are going to die? No one knows whether you still have a day to go or a year to go. That's why the Bible says, there's a person there, sabi niya, you know, I will, uh, next year I will go to this or that city, I will build big businesses. And then God told that person, you're a fool. Because you don't know if tomorrow your life will be taken away from you. I don't know if I still have a day to go, but God is warning us that if our sin is not dealt with, when we die, we are not just going to experience physical death. There's going to be this eternal separation from God in a place called hell. And some people are trying to avoid this conversation and they're uh, trying to just say, ah, this is just a product of our imagination. But How many of you are not willing to risk your eternity? (laughs) I'm not. And I want to believe God. And he said there's eternal separation from God. But praise God, the Bible says, the payment for our sin is death. But because of what Christ has done for us, now we can receive forgiveness for our sins. And we have assurance of eternal life. We have assurance of eternal life. Because of the grace of God. That's why uh, some people are questioning, how can a loving God, they can't accept this this, uh, concept of hell. How can a good and loving God send people to hell? I think we're asking the wrong question. I think the right question is, how can a holy God, a God of justice, allow sinners, rebellious people like you and me to go to heaven? The answer is is the generosity of God when it comes to His grace. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. Because of His blood, we have redemption for our sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You know, I like uh, Tim Keller's uh, commentary on about the, the, the sacrifice of Christ for us. And I read, God's grace and forgiveness, while free to the recipient, are always costly for the giver. From the earliest parts of the Bible, it was understood that God could not forgive without sacrifice. No one who is seriously wrong can just forgive the perpetrator. But when you forgive, that means you absorb the loss and the debt. You bear it yourself. Therefore, all forgiveness is costly. And it costs Jesus' life so that you and I can have salvation today. How many of you are grateful for your salvation? Can we just clap our hands to God and just thank Him? That's why we can say that 
after salvation, everything we receive from God is a bonus. Good marriage, good family, good career, good business, new car, new all of these things. It's just a bonus. Because the greatest generosity we receive and experience from God is our salvation. Next demonstration of God's generosity is His power. In verse 6 to 8, David wrote, The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the people, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. Another demonstration of the generosity of God is His power. You know, I remember Paul in, I think, 1 Corinthians. He said, three times I pleaded with God. I cried out to God for Him to remove this thorn in my flesh. Some Some theologians are saying it's a sickness that He's enduring for so long. And He was crying out for His healing. But God's answer to him was not healing. God said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect for your weakness. Sometimes God will not shield you from the pain. What God will do is He will give you the power and grace to go through the pain. Because God's ultimate purpose for us is not our happiness, but it's our Christ-likeness. It's our holiness. For us to become more Christ-like. And for that to happen, God would allow us to go through some crisis so that our character will be developed. And so, the greatest demonstration of His grace is His power. So many verses in the Bible about the power of God. I don't have time to go through all of it. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, "...but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be His witnesses." Witness through our words and our, and our testimony. We have the power to witness. New Testament talks about uh, the grace of God that gives us the power to say no to sin and temptation. We have the power to overcome old sinful habits and lifestyle. We have the power to say no to sin. And, and all of this sin, uh, power that is available to us. Because sometimes, you know, we... Are, we are so weak and we cannot continue. But praise God. How many of you know you're still here today because the power of God sustained you? The power of God sustained you. You know, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 20, and Paul was talking about, uh, in, in the previous verses, he said, I pray that you will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So you will know God better. And you might understand the richness of His power. And then he talked about uh, verse 19. He said, He's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, is the same power that is residing in each and every one of us today. There is so much power available to us. There is so much strength that God has released and willingly releasing to you and me. Can you please turn to the person seated next to you and tell that person you are strong. You are strong. Sometimes... The enemy will try to convince you that you're not. You're weak. 
You cannot do that. You cannot be what God wants you to be. You cannot do what God is telling you to do. You are not capable. You don't have the ability. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the talent. You don't have the resources. And He will convince you that you are weak. You are nothing. And you are not going to amount to anything. But God's Word will remind you that there is so much power inside of you. So much power, so much strength that is available to you and me. God is rich and He's making it available to us. You know, sometimes, you know, as parents, we all know that. Some of you here, you are rich. But even though you're rich, you're not giving away all your riches to your young children. Two years old, five years old, when they ask you for a car, even though you have two, three cars at home, you don't give them a car. Daddy, can I have a car? Okay. <laughs> You don't do that. There's this process of maturity. Not because you're not capable, but there's this process of maturity. And when we think about the richness of God, the Lord is the maker of the heavens and the earth and is rich. How come He's not giving it all to me? Because there's this process of maturity. But God is rich and is generous to you and me. Last one and last point is His provision. His provision. Verses 9 to 13. He said, You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for it, so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, setting its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Words like abundance and overflowing and riches and growth. It describes the abundant generosity of God. You know, in our first year of marriage, I was telling in the 5 o'clock service. Uh, sometimes I don't remember anymore where I've used the illustrations. You know, the problem sometimes with us preachers, if we talk uh, consistently with different groups of people, minsan nalilimutan namin, ginamit ko na ba yung illustration na yun? And sometimes I would repeat the same illustration two or three times, kaya pala wala nang tumatawa. I was setting it up, I was setting the punchline, tapos pag-release ko ng punchline, Anyway, in our first year of marriage, I was a campus missionary. I was not receiving a salary from the church. What I do is that annually I would go around different churches, talk to different Christians, and present to them the ministry we're doing uh, in the campuses. So I would talk to them about preaching the gospel to the young people, and I would ask them if God is telling them to partner with me or partner with us. And I would ask them, would you be willing to partner me this certain amount every month so that together we can bring the gospel to the next generation? And so I would, they would pledge and I would trust that they would keep their pledge. That's how I live every year for five years, by faith. So when I, when I got married in our first year of marriage, I, I realized when I was computing that I don't have a budget for a grocery item. So I can't remember exactly the the time and the dates. I think it was also January. So we're praying. Then out of the blue, out of nowhere, one of my friends, a single guy, approached me and said, do you want 
uh, SNR gift certificates. Because in his line of work, I, I don't know, he's receiving gift certificates worth 10,000 pesos every month. And he's a single guy. Sometimes he would eat out with some friends. So he's not able to use all of it. So he's asking me, do you want, do you, do you want me to give gift certificate for SNR? Of course, I said, let me think about it. Of, of course, I said, yes. For 12 months, I was getting these gift certificates and without a budget for grocery item, we're doing our groceries every month in SNR. yung wife you want a grocery in SNR? For 12 months. Amazing. God is able to do more than what I could ask for or imagine. God is able to produce more than what I can produce on my own strength and ability. Then after that, that 12-month period, uh, the senior pastor talked to me and said, we want to hire you as local church pastor. You don't have to do MPD. Uh, and so I, I said, yes. Amazingly, that guy transferred to a new company, new job. The gift certificates stopped coming. You know what I realized? God is a provision for every season. Whether you're a student, a single person, a married person, a businessman, whatever season you're in, God is a provision for every season. You know why? Because we're serving a generous God. He's able to open new doors and, and new sources for you. You're not boxed with your job. You're not boxed with the income from your sales or commission. God has plenty of ways to bless you and prosper you. You don't have to be someone else or be in a certain profession for you to prosper. I would declare to God every uh, many times, I would say, Lord, I don't need to be a doctor, a lawyer, a businessman for me to prosper and provide well for my family. Where you called me, you will bless me. It's not about my title. It's not about my certain profession. It's about the God I serve who is generous and delights in the prosperity of His servants. How many of you know God delights in your prosperity? God wants to bless you. Amen. Let's clap our hands to God and just thank Him. My ultimate source, your ultimate source is not your company. Your ultimate source is God. Your company is just a channel of His blessing. Just this month, you know, my wife and I visited a couple and on our way to their house, we felt like God was telling us to drop by the mall and, do, uh, and buy groceries for this couple, which we don't normally do. At first, we, we are thinking of just bringing this box of cookies, just a gesture as we visit so that we'll not go there empty-handed. But this time, I felt like uh, I feel like God wants to buy groceries, so we did. It's not that much. We just bought some uh, bread, uh, canned goods, uh, spread, chips, all this. I think two plastic bags of groceries. And then we went. We, we stayed there for probably 30 minutes, prayed for the couple, gave the bags of groceries, and then we, 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 my wife went to her work. I went back to my work. We just sandwiched that schedule uh, during the week. And then that night when I went home, my wife told me, nag-text yung wife. I wish I can show you the text, but the names are there. So, sabi ko, anong sabi? The day we went to their house, they only have two lucky me. 
noodles and 30 pesos in their wallet. That's their last meal and they were praying for next meal. And praise God, God knows what we need. He may not give us everything we want, but we can be sure He will always provide for our every need. Because we are serving a generous God. He may not give you all that you're asking for now, but you can be sure if that is a need, God is a provision for it. That's our confidence. That's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God, everyone say, my God. That's what we want you and me to be able to say. This is not just a God that I visit every Sunday. This is my God. This is not just the God of my parents. This is my God. And if he, you have a relationship with God, you can say this with confidence. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I will not fear. In my almost 20 years of walking with God, I can say my God is faithful in meeting all my needs. I got saved at the age of 18 years old. I'm turning 38 this May already. In almost 20 years of walking with God, I can say that my God will meet all my needs according to His riches and glory. That's why I'm confident to say that the future is bright. That's why I'm confident to utter prayer of blessings for my children. Not because I'm basing my security and confidence in my work or in my ability. No, my confidence is anchored on the generous God I serve. He said in his word, he always refers to himself as the father, good father. And he said, you, though you are evil, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to your seatmate. He said, you, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. You have so many shortcomings. You've done so many bad decisions for your family. You made mistakes. You're not a good father the whole time. But though you who are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more me, your heavenly father. Your perfect heavenly father. I will not withhold good gifts to my children. So he may not give everything we want or everything we're asking of him, but we can be sure he will supply all our needs. Romans chapter 8 verse 32, and I'm going to end here. He said, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. Look at the cross. If God did not withhold this most precious possession, His Son, Jesus Christ, He said, what else will I not give you? What else will I not willingly provide for you? Jesus is the assurance that we have that God will remain generous to us. Because Jesus is the ultimate proof of God's generosity. Amen? Let's just pray right now. Lord, thank you for being a generous God. Thank you for being a generous Father to us. We acknowledge that every good thing we have comes from you. We cannot boast. We cannot say this is the product of our own 
hard work, and intelligence. Because we know if you did not provide the strength, if you did not provide the good health, if, you did, if you're not allowing us to live another day, we won't be here today. There's nothing we can, there's nothing we can brag or boast before you. We're simply living by the grace of God. Lord, thank you so much for showing yourself to us as a generous father. Thank you for assuring us. Maybe for some of us here, we have concerns and needs. Sometimes we succumb to fear and unbelief. But Lord, we thank you for quieting our soul. Thank you for quieting the roars of waves inside of us, the raging emotion inside of us. Thank you for the peace that transcends all understanding. Thank you for securing us that you have a provision for every season. We don't need to fear. Lord, I pray for every need represented in this room. Lord, we claim that verse. That my God will meet all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you that every need in this room will be met. We are not going to lack any good thing because we have a good Father in heaven. So Lord, I cast out all fears and unbelief in this room. I pray, Lord God, that no more worries, no more worries, no more stress, being stressed about provision. Lord, I pray that all of us will have a good sleep tonight. Thank you, Father. I pray also for those who feel weak. For those who are discouraged and down. For those who feel lost. And not sure if they can still step one more step. If they can still continue. I pray Lord that the spirit will come to them in power. Lord you said that young people may grow tired and weary. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Lord renew our strength tonight. Thank you that you increase the power of the weak and give strength to the weary. Refresh weary soul tonight. Lift up their, their, their countenance. Comfort them, Lord. Wipe away their tears. Give them courage to face their situation. Give them hope. Bring back their joy. Minister to your people, Lord. Thank you that your spirit is here. Thank you, Jesus. We look to you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for our salvation. Really, after salvation, everything is a bonus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcasts.